Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Brawning. Man, what month is it now? I don't even know what month it is. This is going by so fast. This year is just like, are you feeling ahead of the year? I know I am. And I got like, I got a long list of things to do. I have a lot of things to do. And some of the things I need to do are I need to make more products. I need to sell my products. I need to spend time with my family. Um, I got to write my next book. I got to get out and do my new workshop. And there's like, sometimes it gets so full. If you're an entrepreneur, you know this. What I'm excited about for this week is this week, I have a guest here who's actually going to help empty our plates. And to me, one of the things that gets overlooked the most when it comes to business revenue and product sales is this whole little world called affiliate marketing or affiliate promotions. And essentially, we're doing whether it's building our own product and getting people out there raving fans to go promote for us so we don't have to do it. Or even if you're starting out, being able to affiliate for other people's programs without having to build your own. We're going to talk about that and all of those things and the whole entrepreneur lifestyle with my guest, Matt McWilliams today. If you want to grow your influence, have a bigger impact, make more money in the process, you're in the right place. Entrepreneurs and companies like Michael Hyatt, Ray Edwards, Brian Tracy, Lewis Howes, uh, hello, podcasters. Uh, Shutterfly, Peter Vogue, uh, Claire Diaz Ortiz, Ziggler Inc., good old Zig, Jeff Goins, they all have one thing in common. They've trusted Matt McWilliams to run their affiliate launches, which is a huge, huge thing to do. So if you're an online business owner or brand, no matter what size, you want to learn about leveraging the power of partnerships to grow your business, that's what we're talking about today. Matt, welcome to the show. Are you there and how are you? I am, Matt. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm so stoked. Uh, you know, we spend a good, I don't know how long, 10 minutes trying to figure out how we knew each other. We still didn't figure it <laughs> yeah. out before we came uh, on the yeah, show I love live. It. But I'm glad you're here nonetheless, and I'm happy to have a new friend. Um, tell me, so, and you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, is that right? I am about two hours away from you, yeah. Crazy. We're like so like close, yet we haven't met <laughs> yet in person. Now, Coming, what's cool about affiliates too is you know coming from Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I mean I don't you know I don't mean this in a negative way, but there ain't a lot going on. This isn't what there's I'm, not there's not this isn't like the <laughs> e-commerce hub of the world or anything. But you can do the kind of work you do from anywhere. Yep. How long have you been doing this for now? Seventeen years almost. Yeah. Seventeen. So I'm kind of like a dinosaur in this industry. Yeah, and, and I don't want to have you age yourself necessarily, but my <laughs> question I kind of want to start with is, you know, before you got into all this stuff. 
where were you at like in the early adult years when you're, I don't know, oh, 17, man. 18, 20? Did you, were you on like a career trajectory? Did you work in the corporate world? Were you yeah. always entrepreneur mindset? Where were you then compared to where you are now? And kind of how does that work out? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of have this philosophy in life that we, um, you know, when people ask about like an origin story or when they ask about, you know, where were your beginnings? Like we have a lot of beginnings. We have a lot of origins. And so um, I grew up, I played golf, uh, played, and ended up playing golf in college and played professionally for a few years after college. And um, me and uh, one of my good friends, we always used to say to each other because we had these guys that were like, you know, this is not a knock on them. This just wasn't for us. We, uh, they were like assistant professionals at like, you know, at the golf course we played at. And we always used to say that like, we wanted to play professionally. We wanted to be on the PJ tour, right? What we did not want to do when we grew up was teaching old ladies in purple sweaters, how to play golf. That was like, that was the end for us. And so, uh, fast forward a few years, I left college. I had an injury to my wrist and, um, kind of knocked me out for a while. I was working with my dad doing these golf schools. I was 22, 23 years old at the time. And, um, I started running ads on, on Google for these golf schools. And like, this is, you know, 2002, 2003, there's no opt-in page. There's no free report like we have now. There's no building an email list. You basically came to my website and you had one of two choices. You either gave me $2,000 or you left. Well, we would get six to 12 of these people every weekend, about 30 weekends a year, you know, dropping, we're making 12 to $20,000 in a weekend. My dad and I splitting it, you know, 50, 50. Uh, I made more money. Than I knew what to do with at that age, you know, and that's what got me online. Well, the problem was I hated teaching golf, Matt. I, I, I wasn't good at it. I didn't have a passion for it. It was just a way to make money. And sure enough, one day, uh, this old lady, about 75 years old, wearing a lavender sweater, walks up for, for this golf school. And I had one of those old flip phones, if you remember those. And I kind of like, you know, it's like a 0.2 megapixel camera, right? And I flipped it out, took a picture, sent it to my friend that I grew up with. And I said, kill me now. <laughs> now a good female friend, you know, this Matt. a good female friend will like, she'll, she'll respond back and wrap her arm. She'll call you right away. She'll wrap her virtual arm around you, you know, arm around you, give you a hug and say, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. Do you need to talk? But like a good male friend, Hunter responds back and says, ha ha sucks to be you. <laughs> and so, so that was kind of the beginning of the end. Thankfully, a couple months later, my dad fired me. And uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. He freed me to really go after my passion that I discovered, which was marketing. Um, I discovered that I just loved, I loved growing a business. I, I had this weird dichotomy, Matt, when um, I, I would get this, you know, back in like 2002, 2003, when you made a sale, your desktop dinged, kind of like the you've got mail. And it would ding and tell me, I made, and I'd be like, yay, I made $2,000. Oh, crap. I have to teach this person how to play golf but I loved the one side of it. And so my dad freed me to be able to do what I do ultimately today, which is, just, you know, what I love, which is marketing and relationships and growing businesses. You know, this is my fourth business and, um, you know, we're, we're three for three on the first three so far. This one's going great. You know, I think we're going to be four for four in terms of being able to build, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And, um, and I love it. I mean, it, it's just an absolute, um, it's an absolute blast, you know, what I do today, but it all kind of started with that, weird origin story, working with my dad, teaching people how to do something I didn't want to teach them how to do. And, and you never ended up getting lavender sweater. Did, did you finish the golf lesson for that lady? 
Oh, well, yeah. I've, I, I still worked with them for a few months, but you know, to this day, <laughs> I, I, uh, I do not own uh, purple sweaters. They'll make a uh, great movie. Shape. You know, you just throw down your clubs in the middle of it and you go, I'm done yeah. with this. I'm out of here. Cup, Take it over just, your knee. Yeah. yeah. Peace out. So now I mean, you're, you're in your early twenties and you're getting into, you know, it's still the wild west and the internet, obviously. It was. I mean, I know it's, you're almost 10 years into technically the internet, but it's still, nobody barely knows how to get online and do things at that point. You're still AOLing no. and everything else. Um, from that point, what's the transition? You go, okay, I want to do marketing. I'm going to do this. Was it just as simple as, you know what? I did it for myself. I'll do the same thing for other people. Were you, yep. did you jump into Google ads and, and pick up kind of as an agency? Tell me a little bit about no, who um, you went after actually, and how you located them. Yeah, I started doing uh, website design um, for anybody ranging from a local construction company, a local real estate company, a local newspaper. Um, I did, I got my first gig working with um, a guy who'd been in Congress for about 20 years doing his website. And that, of course, led to literally everybody in the state of North Carolina, where I lived at that time, wanting to work with me because I was the only guy in 2004, I was the only guy doing fundraising online, like the outside of like the Howard Dean campaign, if you remember that, you know, okay. I was the only guy doing fundraising online. And so I had, <laughs> excuse me, I had everybody I could possibly have wanted to have as a client in terms of designing websites. But I had a friend of mine, that same friend, Hunter, contact me and say, can you design our website? I said, yeah. Um, little did I know that that one decision would completely alter the course of the next 17 years of my life. Because when he called me, what he didn't tell me was they didn't really have any money. They had an idea. And that idea was to start a company selling insurance leads to agents. And when I say didn't have any money, I mean, they started the company with $10,000. That was like the max they were going to spend starting this thing. And so uh, we promptly spent $5,000 on banner ads. Um, that was a really bad idea, even in 2003, 2004. Uh, we made $8 off of those, that 5,000. And I don't mean we made 5,000 and $8 and we got to keep, you know, that money. No, we made like, we lost $4,992. And, um, so we're sitting there in the office one day, basically it's kind of one of those meetings where the future of our company hangs in the balance. Um, by this point I've made the decision. I want to work with them. I haven't given up all my other clients because I'm not making any money from them, but I really want this to work. I want us to, to grow and I want us to be able to do this business together. And we're kind of having one of those, you know, come to Jesus type meetings where it's like, we're going to walk out of this room with a plan to save this company or we're just going to quit. And I said, you know, guys, I've heard of these people called affiliates. And I'm like, what, what, are, what are those? Like radio stations? No, no. Like, you know, they're like these people who, well, you, you market, like they market your product, um, but you don't pay them until after the sale is made. So like, you know, like you make all the sales in January, but you pay them in February. And it's like, oh, well, you know, for a company that's, you know, just spent $5,000 on banner ads and, you know, made, had nothing to show for it, this kind of sounded pretty uh, appealing. And so <laughs> uh, it was, it was really awesome. Like we sat there and I'll never forget, I kind of pitched this whole idea to the guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get these people, blah, 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 blah. 
this is amazing. And, you know, it means that we get to, you know, keep them, we get to make the money before, um, you know, before we spend the money, which again is a huge thing. Um, also, you know, they market to their list. And if we don't make any sales, we don't spend anything. So that's really cool. There's no, you know, there's no risk there. It, it kind of diversifies our, our income streams. <clears throat> Excuse me, madam. I have a cold, so I'm trying to get through that right now. <laughs> hey, bring it. Thanks for being on. So you're talking about the difference between advertising and and affiliate marketing, which you know is huge risk changes, um, obviously. And so now you decide, you know what? Why don't we start getting in this thing where there's a lot less risk? How did you? Was the what was your first affiliate campaigns? Was it for clients of yours, and you said, hey, let's run this, or did you guys create your own? affiliate campaigns for your own product first? What was the very first one you did? Yeah, it was for that company. We started, um, we started an affiliate program that went from zero to $12.6 million in about 18 months. And what was 12.6? Is, is that the total revenue sold? Total revenue from our affiliates. Yeah. All from affiliates. That's incredible. Yep. Yeah. The company itself only grew to about 15 to $18 million. Um, but the overwhelming majority of our revenue was from, uh, from affiliates. And so, you know, here I am, I'm pitching this idea, right? I'm pitching, you know, the whole make money before you spend it. It's infinitely scalable. Uh, this was back in the day where there was no targeting. You know, you couldn't go like today, you can go on Facebook and you can like, you know, you can basically say, I want to target 35 to 40 year old men sure. uh, with 2.6 kids whose favorite football teams in the NFC West, you know, like you can get really hyper targeted. You couldn't back them. Even now though, the problem with that is you can get so myopic about targeting yep. that you, you don't have any expandability. And so we let them target for us. You know, we found one of the things we found about affiliates was they sent the warmest traffic. I mean, because I thought about it, you know, after we started getting into it, it was like, they're saying all these nice things about us. And then people are coming to our landing page and they're converting at ridiculously high rates. And so long story short is we had this meeting, Hunter looks at me and goes, yeah, but how do we find affiliates? I was like, well, I don't know, but by gosh, I'm going to find out. And so over the next, you know, couple of months, I set out on this mission, uh, learned how to do it. And, um, arguably became one of the best in the business at, you know, at what we do today, but it kind of all started from that, like that point of desperation of we got to find a way to make like a lot of money really fast. And Oh, by the way, we can't really spend any until we make it. And, and that's, and that's always the, the, the thing we have to, to work on and figure out now as, as you're doing that. I think I, I might want to backtrack just a second. Tell, I think this is before, yeah. but there was a moment when um, you know, in, in your story, you, you leave as an executive, you're in a thriving startup and you find yourself getting fired. Tell me a little bit about that. You're, you're in this place where now I'm fired, I'm unemployed and you just had your brand new baby daughter. Can you share a little bit about that, that moment, what led to that and what did you make that mean, if anything? I'd love to hear kind of your mindset going through um, one of the valleys of entrepreneurship. Yeah. There's a whole backstory that, and when I say I can't talk about it, I mean, I can't talk about it, <laughs> um, legally speaking. Um, but, you know, the kind of the short version was there was somebody that came into the company and um, uh, wasn't truthful to the, the, the CEO. 
and um, or uh, now the CEO, the our CEO who was my best friend growing up, the one the aforementioned Hunter had already left. Uh, so there's a lot of, for lack of a better term, politicking and backstabbing that happened that I didn't I didn't know about until after the fact. Um, but long story short, is I went back to work for the company that I that I helped start, and as an employee this time. And uh, the company was struggling, and we had a lot of debt um, since I had left. And, and there, there was not an exact correlation between me leaving and the company going to massive debt. Um, there was the, this was, you know, 2008, 2000. I left November 2008. You do the math on that one. You know, what happened right around then? Um, I remember very clearly. You know, I, came, I came back in February of 2011, and um, there was a guy... Uh, who had come in to uh, ostensibly to assist the company, but actually we found out later his MO was to um, take distressed companies and buy them for debt, buy them for the debt, um, and then build them back up because he had the name and he had the assets and all that stuff. And um, long story short is our department, the affiliates, I was the only profitable division within the company. And in fact, I had taken it in a matter of about eight months from, um, you know, doing about 500,000 a month up to about one and a half million a month uh, of which, you know, a couple hundred thousand of that was, was pure profit. And so all of a sudden we had this light at the end of the tunnel. The company was about a million and a half in debt, but if we continued at that pace, just with the affiliate program in about 15 months, um, you know, or not even 15 months, sorry, about five to five to nine months, I think was the projection we were going to come out of debt. Well. Um, I got fired. Because someone else <laughs> come had a to find plan, out. It sounds like. Well, the reason I got fired, it comes to find out, is he was threatened by me, and uh, you know, of course, he wanted to buy the company for debt. Uh, that's not what the the story I was told. Um, but I, I found that out later for some from some other sources, and anyway, it all made sense. But again, just like my dad firing me, here's the thing about that job. That job paid me really well. Uh, I got to work from home, all that stuff, which was great. Um, I had a pretty good lifestyle because I worked kind of like a 40 hour week job and, you know, and I was very comfortable. I knew the industry, you know, clearly I'd helped start the company. So I felt good there and, and life was good and very, very comfortable. But I had had this vision for years that I needed to start a consulting company, that I needed to be able to help more people than just the company I was working for. But I never did it because I had this nice cushy job. And you have the and new house so, and you have your wife and you have a new baby. Yeah. How, do, how does your wife respond at this point? You come home and like, walk me through that moment. You're home and you go, well, job's gone. This is all out. And there's a bunch of reasons for it. Um, after you have kind of your initial, yeah. I mean, I, I had that happen to me in the real estate industry a while back. And I had, you know, my five days of panic, I'd call it. Um, yeah. So after you kind of get through that initial, like, oh my gosh, what the heck? what what's your wife's attitude like what was your attitude like did you get yourself out from under that pretty quickly men mentally wise was she with I you did. on that and i obviously I'm, um, I'm sure she was supportive of you but like what was i guess i'm curious from a spouse perspective and then from you perspective what was that like as you had to kind of dig in and figure out what the next vision was going to be you know, I wish, I wish honestly that i had a cooler like i could say you know what in that moment i just you know, I knew it. I was going to go full bore with my consulting stuff. And like, 
I was so glad I got fired because now I got to live my dream. I will say like where I kind of, I guess, give myself a pat on the back and, you know, whatever. Uh, what I did right was I, I got, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning that I, 1030 ish so that I got fired. About two o'clock that afternoon, we put our daughter down for a nap. I sat on the couch and I started sending off emails. You know, I gave myself about, a, you know, two hours to kind of mope about it and be upset. And, you know, I was, I was pretty angry, you know, under the circumstances. Cause it, I mean, I never saw it coming. You know, like there was, it was literally, I had a conversation with the CEO on Thursday night. I remember it, you know, and, and he was like, no, we need you. You were, we were like, you know, we will do whatever it takes to keep you. And then Saturday morning I'm gone. Like I was just pissed, but I will tell you that I sat down on that couch and I started sending emails. And by Monday, you know, here we are basically one business day later, um, that following week, I had so many interviews that ultimately what happened that forced me to start my consulting company was so many people wanted to hire me that I couldn't say no to any of them. I just said yes to all of them. And that's how I was able to start. I mean, that's how Matt McWilliams Consulting Incorporated started was I don't know who to say yes to. And I think, you know, I was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I think someone's trying to tell me maybe I should just do this consulting thing and work with a bunch of these companies, not just one of them. But my initial reaction going from, um, you know, getting fired by a company was, oh, I need to find another job because that's what the safe route at, you know, route is. But what I realized, and I think every entrepreneur realizes this at some point, uh, we had dinner the other night with uh, a guy and he, he was like, man, was it risky when you started your company? I was like, dude, that was the least risky thing I ever did because all of a sudden I had like eight streams of income. Yeah, so true. And I worked for that one company. I had one stream of income. One guy could come in you think about it, you work for a brand where the brand is the person and that person goes and does something, you know, nefarious, goes and gets a DUI, you're out of a job. Um, Just like that. Yeah, I mean, I got one word for you. It's called Enron, right? That's not a steady paycheck. And so like, that was what I thought I needed to do though, was get a job. But I ended up with so many offers that I decided to start this consulting company. Well done, man. Well done. Well, <laughs> as you jump in and do that, so it sounds like the, the biggest thing you were doing is Fixing that problem of, okay, affiliate marketing works, get someone who's, who's warm to, you know, share your product with their yeah. everything. But the biggest problem was how do you find them? So in the time we have remaining together, I know you got a lot happening today. Um, tell me a little bit about how, what the best way to find affiliates or before that, actually, who should even be looking for it? What stage should you be at to even be looking at saying, hey, I want to find some affiliates. And then the second question after that would be, What's the best place to look for them? How do you get ready? Yeah, day one. Day one. Um, so you yeah, don't need to get one. perfect first and have all your stuff dialed in, your ducks no. in a row for 10 years? Uh, it's the biggest mistake people make because you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to have your stuff ready. Your ducks are never going to line up properly. I mean, that's the thing I've learned about ducks. They don't like rows. No, they're right? all, you ever so, see ducks cross the street? Even the ducklings are always like just out of whack. Out oh of my step gosh. The mom. They're just doing whatever they chaos, want. chaos, right? Um, <laughs> And so your ducks are never going to line up. So just, I mean, start from the beginning. Ultimately, it's all about relationships. You know, it, it, it's just, the, the secret really does come down to um, just being a person that people like and having a product that people want to sell and developing those relationships over time. You know, that's why it starts on day one because you, you, don't, you don't have an affiliate who's like mailing for you to their entire list on day one. 
you start building the relationships on day one. So you go find people. The best place to start is people who are promoting your competitors. You literally Google your competitors. That's and a great you find tip. who they are promoting. And you can find anybody's email address. I mean, Matt, I found yours. You know, that's how you I, you're I talking about that. How, how, we how can, it even got through because that's not my yeah, email, but it you is. Know? Um, and, it, and, and, and there are ways to find, like Google, like how to find email addresses, right? Um, I mean, the, the best way, I've, I've got a free report that I'd love to give your audience, Matt. Um, and we're going to put it up at mattmcwilliams.com forward slash driven. And it's called your first 100 affiliates. We actually walk you through step-by-step. Step. There's 15 different ways to find affiliate partners. It'll get you your first 100. This is not about how to have a 200,000 person affiliate program like I've run in the past with companies like Adidas and Shutterfly. Um, you know, this is about getting those first 100. And, and what it walks you through is like, you know, look at your current customers if you have any. Uh, look at your competitors. Um, go to people in, you know, forums and Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups that you're already participating in, big and small. People who are literally, here's one in there, your competitors. Because here's the thing, most of us don't live in a Coke versus Pepsi world. Most of us don't live in, like, if you think about the car world, right? How many cars is the average person going to buy in the next five years? One. Call it one, yeah. And so they are either going to buy a Toyota or a Honda or, or a Tesla or whatever. And it is a fight to the death between those companies for who's going to get that one piece of business. Most of us don't live in that world. So some of my biggest affiliates are my biggest competitors. Some of my biggest, like some of my best friends, you would say, wow, you're friends with them because it's, it's, you know, they're Coke and you're Pepsi. Wait, no, I'm Coke, they're Pepsi. But anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> you know, and like, but that's not the way we think. That's not what we think. So I would rather have a lower percentage of a much bigger pie than, you know, than the inverse of that. And so it walks you through. We've got some email templates in there because how you reach out, I'll share this one tip. You are not looking for a response of yes when you email somebody to ask if they'll be an affiliate. You're not looking for yes. You're looking for the magic three words that we love to hear in this world. And that's tell me more. Most people try to send a novel that's that so has great. this long email. My, my course is about this. My program is about this. It's got this, these 17 features and it's, you know, here's a testimonial from so-and-so. No, you simply say, Hey, I've got this thing. I saw you were promoting so-and-so. I wondered if you'd be promoting mine. Um, let me know if you'd like some more information. And then they say, tell me more. Matt, that's a genius, genius tip because I'll tell you right now, like as the podcast, this radio show's taken off, it, it, it happens more and more. You get, you know, emails come in and you get someone who writes that novel and they're like, Hey, would you be interested in blah, 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 blah. And it's just even, Hey, I'd love to be a guest. And then it's 15 pages long. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I feel bad almost, yeah. but I don't read it or I don't have time nope. to read them all. And it's like, Nope, you're going to no. it's already gonna be too much energy. But when someone goes, Hey, I love this about what you're doing. I got this thing. Do you want to chat? Do you want to talk? You know, maybe we're a good fit. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, maybe we are. Who knows? So that's great. So that open-ended short intro, really, really good stuff. So Matt, just to re recap that real quick, guys, you can follow Matt if you want to. I think it'd be a great, uh, great spot. Obviously get your first 100 affiliates for whatever your program, product, or service is. Go to mattmcwilliams.com slash driven. And you can grab that report and tells you exactly how to get your first 100 affiliates. We're already talking about some of those right now. And then you can follow Matt at LinkedIn at Matthew R. McWilliams or his Facebook is Matt McWilliams Consulting. So follow him on social media, of course. Check those things out. 
Uh, Matt, final couple questions as we as we wind down here. Um, yeah. When I when I'm looking for those affiliates, and I love the idea of starting the relationship, kind of getting that thing nurtured. How do you know it's time to do your first like launch? What what's a sign to look for, and is it start right away, or is it gather these affiliates and kind of get them rolling, and then come out and say, okay, now it's time for something? Is there a good time frame for that? Yeah, and is there a, a good delay time between kind of when you meet someone and then when you should have that product ready by? So I'll give you a quick five kind of five step formula for going to the big launch because ultimately everything is about getting to the big launch with lots of affiliates, lots of everything. Uh, first, you do an internal launch. So this might be if you've got, you, know, you get 100 people on your email list, you know, whatever you already have for an email list, could be your Facebook followers, whatever, you do a, an internal launch. You split test everything, you find out what works. Secondly, you run, some, you run some cold traffic. So you run some Facebook ads, some LinkedIn ads, and you do kind of like a mini launch that way. Then you do two launches pretty much back to back again, split testing, trying different things out, screwing stuff up and refining. You do one with one partner, one affiliate, preferably somebody who can at least drive, you know, 10 or 20 sales or, you know, can drive a thousand, 2000, 3000 hits, right? Uh, then you do another one with three to five partners. So you're now replicating on a miniature scale, uh, a big launch. You don't have the control that you have with just one because what happens when you have multiple partners is, you know, somebody's going to mail today, somebody's going to promote tomorrow, and, and it's going to cause a little bit what we call, you know, manufactured chaos, right? Um, and then you go the big launch. Now, here's the cool thing. All of that can happen in a six-month span. It doesn't have to be like, do the internal launch, then wait four months, and so on and so forth. But that's the sequence for, for success with affiliate programs. And I'm sure you already know this, but that, is, I mean, talk about gold. Just for someone who's never done a launch before, you know, so now we, we hear about like, oh, you got to do this big launch and you have to have this big email list and you got to do these big prizes or whatever it is, you know, when we see different yeah. people doing that. But just that, that, that uh, assuredness of, no, because before you go to a thousand affiliates or even a hundred affiliates, like you, last thing you want to do is come up with what seems like a cool product, but it's not market tested and then nobody yeah. likes it or it doesn't respond right or the copies off or whatever. And then now all those hundred affiliates are like, well, we mailed a ton and we didn't make any money. So it's yep. so, so brilliant. Don't take that huge risk. Do it yourself internally with the people that already know you on your list. Do it with one affiliate and you can really test and measure. And then do a mini one with five. I never even thought of that. That is so good, Matt. I appreciate it. And then finally work your way up. So guys, Matt McWilliams is the man when it comes to affiliate launches. Again, he's done it for the big guys. He's done it for Brian Tracy, Shutterfly, Adidas. Um, he's been there, done that. So if you want... From A to Z, the basics to the extreme. Make sure you go to mattmcwilliams.com slash driven and grab that report on exactly how you can get your first hundred affiliates. Really good stuff, Matt. Final question as we uh, as we wind down here. Yeah. Everything you just said. Well, you know what? Usually I always end with one question. I want to ask you one quick question. Sure. Uh, and I know it's out there because shoot, I even found it on your website. Uh-oh you found yourself facing 42 years in jail <laughs> being handcuffed and arrested. Tell me what led to that and what did you learn from it? Oh man. Um, 60 seconds go. Yeah. Uh, so what led to it was a, uh, I ran for local election, local school board. I was the youngest person to ever make it through a primary in the history of North Carolina at that time. 
And, um, but uh, I lied on a campaign report, you know, to be perfectly blunt, uh, when all I had to do was go to the campaign director and say, hey, um, we have some expenses that we honestly don't know about. Like, I don't have the receipts and, um, and, and I don't really know what to do. Can you help? And she would have gladly have helped, but I, I was a scared little punk, you know, 23-year-old, 22-year-old. Uh, so we lied on the campaign report and they found out about it and um, ended up uh, the, the penalty for that because it was when you file one report, the next one, the next one, it compounds, right? Each one is a separate and, uh, case of perjury. Yep. So I, I was facing 42 years of, of prison was what they could have given me. Thankfully, I didn't get that. I got two years of house arrest. Uh, which still kind of sucked, to be honest with you. And uh, I was such a punk that when the judge looked at me and said, what do you do? I looked at him and I said, I work from home <laughs> with a smirk <laughs> on my face. Um, but yeah, I, the big I lesson I got- home now that I'm on house arrest. Yeah, the big lesson I got out of that actually was, was not until very recently uh, that I actually got the lesson. And that is when, when you're in trouble- and when, when whatever, you know, whatever it is in life, when something's just not going right, not going as planned, um, you got to ask people for help. You have, like, I don't care if it's a mastermind, a friend, a spouse, whoever, you, you've got to involve others. And uh, I tried to do, go it alone. And that's what got me in trouble. Well said, man. And I'm certainly glad that uh, you you skipped the prison time. And I think, yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> I, and, and I think it's a funny place to end, you know, because it's like, technically a negative story, but it's certainly not. Um, but I, I, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, judging people by the whole person and understanding that if any single one of us could be judged, like we are now on Twitter and everywhere else from one mistake or one thing you said in your entire life, I think every one of us should be in prison for life. Like this would be a very bad world if that was the case. Thank God for redemption and thank God for lessons learned and growing in character. And you've grown a ton and obviously, and, um, and one of the most positive, most highest regarded character uh, with character strength in the affiliate game. So if people like that are trusting you, I certainly do as well. So Matt, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for everything you offered to us. I sure appreciate it, man. Thank you, Matt. I enjoyed it. All right, guys, that's the show for tonight, this week. Get out there and listen, if you have even considered the idea of affiliates, you know, we don't have a guest like this on very often at all um, because this is something that like, if I'm going to have a guest talking about affiliate marketing, I want to know it's someone who kicks butt doing it, who knows what they're doing and can be trustworthy doing it. So check out mattmcwilliams.com slash driven, grab that report and find out about your first hundred affiliates. No matter where you are in business from the beginning to the end, get that report and figure out where to fit it into what you're doing. Start making some extra money just from the affiliates and make an impact. Get out there this week and crush it. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. Enjoy yourself. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. I say it every week, but I mean it every week. Go get this radio show on demand on iTunes, Spotify, 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 uh, Stitcher, all the places you get podcasts are available as well. And follow me at Matt Browning on all social media. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.